the art of communication, the art of the conversation, the art of engaging the client, you know, all these different things that are, are part of just a simple act of sketching that we don't really get when you're just like, hold on a minute, let me get out my computer and click, 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 click. You know, it's just like, wait, 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 hold on. I, I, I think I got your idea. Wait, click, yeah. click, click. You know, it's just like, <laughs> really? That's not a conversation. That's a, you know, th- that's something completely different. What's architecture really about? ArcaSpeak is the show that dares to peek under the architectural kimono, exposing what architecture really is, what it is that architects really do, and show you why we're passionate about our chosen profession. I'm Cormac Phelan. Join Evan Troxel, Neil Pan, and me as we have a casual conversation about all things architecture, which includes all the stuff people don't talk about. Think you already know what architecture is really about? Tune in and find out. It's time for some ArcaSpeak. So welcome to episode 18 of the ArcaSpeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And first up this week, I believe we have uh, a friend of the show to announce. Yeah, this week we had a $10 donation, and this friend of the show is a uh, a guy who's starting a new website that everybody should check out called architecturecareerguide.com, and his name is Ryan Hansanawat. And uh, Ryan has been uh, talking to us online, he's on Twitter, he's on Facebook, and, and uh, so thanks, Ryan. It's, it's, uh, it's great to hear from you again, and, uh, and we hope that all is well at architectscareerguide.com. So thanks. So this week, I think, uh, or for this episode, I guess I should say, um, we were thinking of talking about the traditional way. And uh, I, I don't know, Evan, why don't you start us off with this one? Because I think you put this on our list at one point. What's the traditional way for you? Yeah, what is the traditional? Well, you know, it's something that comes up every once in a while in the studio. And uh, uh, one of the friends of the show, Mark, he, he uh, constantly reminds me of uh, how fast he can do things by hand. And, uh, you know, he's right. I think there's a lot of times when there's some things that we do nowadays in studio or in our jobs that are we do it on the computer because that's the way we do things but i don't think we really think what maybe the right way to do certain tasks are going to be and so we end up just doing them kind of how how we do them or we see other people do them and so i think there's something to be said about the way things have been done and how we were trained and i mean obviously this is going to be different for every kind of generation that goes through architecture school and and that works in the industry but I think it's something worth talking about um, because we do deal with this every day. I know Cormac, you sketch a ton, and I I love to start out with a, a roll of trace. I heard this great uh, saying the other day when I when I met with somebody. He he said that his professor, when he was in school, would uh, his professor like there was only one. He um he would set a clean roll of trace down and say the answer's in there. 
Hmm. Oh, nice. And I love that. I thought that was so awesome because it's true. You know, you go through that roll of trace. And I mean, that was evidenced on my work table today as I would do a sketch and then tear it off and then do another one on top and then tear it off and do another one on top. And I was, you know, 20 layers deep into the trace paper. And it's right. he's right. The answer is going to be somewhere in that roll of trace and it's probably close to the end. But I thought that was kind of a cool way to look at it. Well, you know, um, I mean, though we're somewhat focused on talking about drawing and hand drawing and, and things like that, or at least that's kind of how we were thinking about it. Good example today um, was out on the job site, and uh, they were like, well, you know, we just had these couple of RFIs come in, and we wanted to get, see if you can go ahead and fast track them. I'm like, well, what what are they? And, you know, we talked about them. And I said, well, just print them out for me. And so they did. And they were looking at me and they're like, well, well how are you going to answer them? Like, what are you going to do with those? Yeah. I'm going to take <laughs> a pen out of my bag and I'm going to write the answer on that piece of paper. <laughs> and they were looking at me like, well, can't you just wait till you get back to the office? I'm like, but I can, I literally can give you the answer now. Yeah. And call it a day. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll sign the bottom of it where it says, you know, um, that it's authenticated by me. And, it, you know, it's just it's not even a digital signature, Cormac. What are you going to do? It's it's not legit. <laughs> 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 and, you, you know, and it, they just, it was just kind of baffling. I mean, you know, we always get this, you know, well, what happens to an architecture office when the power, you know, when you lose power or something? And... Or if the server goes down or, you know, like what happens, what seems to happen in our office a lot is we lose, you know, connection with our server licenses. And so people can't open up Revit. Oh, no, they just can't work anymore. I'm like, really? How about you've got all this other stuff you can do and there's a paper and pencil right there. Get at it. Yeah. Well, I you know I think it was it was a, about a week ago or so. Um, Bob over at lifeofanarchitect.com dot com had a quote that well one that I pulled out of his um, out of his article on architectural sketches was the architectural profession needs you to sketch. It's something that is ro- romantically intrinsic to our profession, and we shouldn't lose it. And I thought that was just a perfect way to kind of sum it up because you're right. There's there's it what happens when the world loses electricity for a, a couple hours like everything shuts down right um I, I remember being at a store once and i was up at the at the register and for some reason it wasn't working and the person couldn't add up the total yeah yeah right and so it's like it's like every everything just stops when that happens and it's it's painful <laughs> you know funny you say that cuz i was at a restaurant and they lost power and they're like, well, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to um, take payments if you don't have cash. You know, and they came out with like handwritten receipts and stuff. And you sort of had to take them at face value that their math was right. But then she came out with a credit card machine. And she's looking at the thing like, I have no idea what to do. And I, <laughs> Somebody handed me this thing. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I, 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 I literally it. taught her. I taught her how to. I was like, you put the credit card here. You put the... Uh, 
you know, the, the slip over the top of it, you pull the thing over, it makes an impression of the card. And Listen then, here, youngster. Exactly. And then you write it out, and you total it up, and you have the person sign it, and that's it. And they're like, wow. It's like, yeah. it's amazing. Well, this old technology. That, that, is, that is like, way, that's like, you know, a chisel on a stone. It's true. You know? Can yeah. you imagine, I actually, I can't imagine, um, one Christmas, slightly off topic here, I was working at a, uh, a music store as a teenager, or, yeah, I guess, I was a teenager. Um, over the Christmas holiday, that's how we did it. Yeah. I mean, there I were literally too. hundreds of people in line, you know, trying to buy albums. Look, those Google that. Uh, and cassette an tapes, right? What's an album? Vinyl? Uh, vinyl, yes. Vinyl. Old school vinyl Some cas- and cassettes. Um, we didn't really have too many D- CDs, uh, not DVDs. My gosh, that's like, you know, way newer. Um, you know, we had, we, the only CDs we had were like uh, class, a few classical music CDs. That was about it. So this is, this is a while back. Uh, but yeah, that, that was like, and, oh, okay. The, how about this? Looking up fraudulent credit card numbers. Yeah. In the little paper books that they used to have. Yeah. And and so you've got all these people in line. They're they're waiting to buy something, and you've got okay. Just a minute. I've got these you know fifty thousand numbers. I got to go through to look up and see if your credit card's fraudulent or not. That was that was when they would offer somebody to work the cash only line on the other side of the store. I, I, my hand went up. Uh, yeah, I'll volunteer for that. I can deal with cash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to deal with these damn credit card machines, but anyway, sorry, off topic there, but you know, back on topic, um, you know, the, the traditional way, I don't, I don't know if this is really traditional, but uh, you know, I, now my, you know, my CAD skills, I'm trying to learn a new CAD program. So my CAD skills are, are, sketchy at best uh right now and i just find that you know i was working on trying to redesign this bathroom area of this house that i'm doing and you know to try and input the walls and throw the toilet in as as a model piece you know if you i guess if you're using revit you know trying to put these these model type pieces in and move them around and I I just gave up. I, I went over and sat down at my desk and actually drew it up by hand and then rolled out the tray, you know, kind of drew the, the outside perimeters of the spaces and then just, you know, in just a couple of minutes and then just started rolling trace over it and said, well, what if I move this space here, move that space there and switch it around? And I don't know, to me, guys, that, you know, I don't know if that's the traditional way or if that's what Bob's talking about when he's talking about sketching, but that was the only way I could do it. You know, and and maybe that's just the way I was taught. So that's the only way well, I know. I mean, maybe newer kids come or new, newer people coming out of school now, they could do the same thing, but do it in the computer. You know, well, that they've but, spent more time with. Now, you know, that that's. I'm glad you brought that up because. So we were sitting at an, another project meeting, out on site, and the client who, uh, you know, she. She's an architect, but now she works for uh, the county government and um, is a project manager for uh, capital construction for one of the local uh, public schools. You know, Cormac, I think we need to send you some sunscreen. Every time you give us an example, you're on site, outside at a meeting. You know, well, <laughs> but, maybe a hat. 
But Somebody needs to send Cormac a hat. I, I want one of those fancy um, Archie-speak ones. <laughs> <laughs> that we don't have yet. Oh, mm. Ooh, sorry, get teaser. On. Well, if we got some more friends of the show, we might be able to Gotta get that. on there. There we go. All right, sorry to interrupt. Well, keep, keep. but she, you know, she had started talking about basically the lost art of sketching and being able to convey, you know, and we've talked about this before in, in previous shows, is the ability to be able to convey an idea through the pencil and just quickly sketching something up. And it, and it actually um, came off of a, the contractor had gone out and done some field measurements of, you know, the, an RFI was, you know, he was getting ready to generate an RFI and he did a quick sketch as detailed as this sketch was, he basically sketched the solution right there. Yeah. Um, and it, we didn't need to go any further. I mean, we talked about it. We said, yeah, that, that'll that work. And yeah. all he basically did was, you know, can you bless this sketch? Right. It, that same sketch with all of the mentions and, and having it scaled out properly would have taken somebody, you know, quite possibly an hour because it was a section. It took him five minutes. Yeah, or, or working out details. I mean, there's so many examples of that. And, and I guess something that we should probably make clear is, you know, I'm, I use technology oh. as, as, you know, in, in, it's a major part of my life, right? As far as design goes, as far as a lot of things go. But this is a tool that in your toolbox that you cannot and should not ignore. And because of the, ex- the story that you're telling right now, it's a way to visualize and explain something that otherwise would have taken a, a long time to do because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are in school now who rarely touch pencil or pen to paper to to work out an idea it's typically visualized in 3D the whole time but I guess what we're trying to convey here is the importance of being able to convey an idea very quickly. Um, and, and there's really not another tool available in your toolbox that can allow you to do it so fast as, as just sketching. I think, that, I think that there's just a huge amount of power in that pen and on, on that piece of paper. And, and what I, you know, I, I put in my blog post, um, there's some people you watch sketch and it is painful to watch, right? And there's some people who can't sketch at all and they know it. And uh, and so they do, maybe they draft it out on the computer. I know a guy who drafts out and that's his way of sketching. And once I finally kind of realized that he wasn't drawing something for real, that was his way of sketching, it made a little more sense to me. So I think that there's also kind of digital sketching. Um, but Well, yeah. But anyway, I, I wanted to point that out because I don't want to leave people thinking like, oh, well, you know, we're we, not, we're not living in the past here right. either. But it is a it's a very important tool. Well, it's yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not trying to say that the the digital medium that we use in our day to day lives in the architecture firm isn't extraordinarily important, and it, it's certainly not going away. Um, you know, it's which just going to be more and more prevalent in the offices. And, um, it's that the sketch, you know, the, you know, the hand sketching and stuff is something that's a quick thought that you can get out that doesn't take, you know, well, let me boot up my machine. Hold on a minute. Let me pull up Revit or let me pull up CAD or 
whatever else and you know go through all these steps because by the time you actually did that your sketch could be done and you know the information conveyed well plus you're probably being too accurate you know what i mean like you start thinking you have a certain frame of mind when you're using tools like that where you are measuring things and and you're drawing to scale and you're thinking in those terms when you're drawing in a sketch you could be completely off but it's more about the idea right Right. And and the information you're conveying that it is about being accurate. And so it gives you some freedom to I don't know, to to have some artistic license, right? Some some license to it where where it doesn't have such accurate weighting to it to the whole thing. You just people know. Like you this is a sketch and so there's you know, you take it for what it what it is. Does the does the accuracy of the computer does it does it make it harder to do that? I mean, you mentioned somebody that kind of digitally sketches, and that's the way he works. But um, but to my mind, it, it's just much more difficult to have that um, freedom um, when you have such rigidity in. Okay, well, draw this line over here. Well, how far is it? I I have to tell the well, computer where it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, you do. Or, well, you could eyeball it. But listen to this. This is a this is a great story. But but then if you eyeball it, how good is that in the future? Well, right? yeah. I mean, it's okay. useless. Right. So this this fits okay. perfect. All right. All right. So you you've got you're going to do a site plan. All right. And you've got like a Google map to go off. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so I was I was just kind of watching this conversation unfold one day. And uh, one guy is is drawing over it by hand and, you know, very quickly kind of just working out ideas over this Google Earth printed out image. And this other guy wants the same Google Earth image. He's going to put it in the computer. And and he made the comment. He's like, well, you're doing that by hand. You know, Uh, it's not very accurate, is it? Right. Over a site plan. He's like, well, it's as accurate as, as, I, as I can be. He goes, well, I'm, I'm going to draw it in CAD. And I'm sorry, you're tracing over a, a raster image. Yeah. It is no more accurate than sketching on paper. But he had the perception that because he was drawing it in CAD, that it was more precise than actually using a scale and a pencil with a piece of vellum over it. And they're exactly the same is the point, right? Right. No one is more precise, but... When you draw with a computer, there is an expectation of precision, even if it isn't. And I can tell you that I have worked on projects with students who have graduated, who work in, it doesn't matter what application it is, um, but I expect it to be precise when I get a file from them that is a 3D model or, a, or a, some drafted uh, orthographic plan. And when it isn't, I'm like, what the hell is this? Right, because right. I expect precision at that point. But when it's just kind of eyeballed, it's really weird to get a, a digital file that that's been eyeballed. So, especially when it comes to architecture. I mean, if you're working in another discipline like character design or something like that, then of course it's eyeballed. But but not in architecture. Well, let me ask you guys this this question here. Um, since since we're talking about the traditional way. You know, when we drew things by hand, I mean, actual CDs, I mean, you could try and be as accurate as you could, but there was just no way 
you were going to get a three and a half inch wall and you know right. i mean it was really tough well, uh, to get that pencil the thickness of the graphite right that right. would exactly that could, but that could be builds, inches so nobody builds off of that though well, they no, no. Everybody's of building off of the dimensions. Right. Exactly. It's so, absolutely true. So here, let me ask you guys this, and this is a little funny story, but uh, one of the guy, one of the firms I consulted with um, over the last, on and off the last couple of years, um, the the principal of the firm um, uh, was a few years older than 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 we were doing the the CAD work, and his insistence was all the walls were drawn at four inches Mm -hmm. not three and a half but four so here we are using a computer because those are actual tick marks on a scale right (laughs) well yes those yes they're actual tick marks on a scale but to his mind he wanted everything you know i mean all the walls had to be four inches so Mm -hmm. it just drove me batty trying to dimension something because i always knew something was off somewhere and that's the accuracy of these computers is that we can actually draw these walls at three and a half inches or yeah. now when you know i'm do, working in vector works and we've got these nice little wall components that it's like not only am i drawing a wall at three and a half inches but You're i've drawing got the a half actual inch, makeup of the wall yeah i've got a half inch of uh chipboard on one side and and some plywood on the other side and some stucco and i can I can draw to the perimeter and show all of that, you know, the exterior components on the outside of the wood. This is like fantastic. But oh my God, it is mind-numbingly... Your dimensions look like crap. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, because you can dimension to the face of stud, which is cool, you know, so you can get the same sort of dimensioning that we would do when we drew CAD with just two lines, right? I mean, they were just just straight two lines. But what is mind-numbingly just drives me batty is you know trying to get all this all these components they you know to get them to come together and you know if the walls don't connect right then they they don't look right and it just well think about crazy i'm working on a cmu project and you know those blocks are not eight by eight by 16 right right they're 15 and five eighths by seven and five eighths by eight or by seven and five eighths and so it's like when it comes, the question comes down to: Do we draw it nominal or do we draw it accurate? Well, and and you have a bunch of people who have been who have done it the traditional way, who want you to draw it nominal, and then you've got all of the the other people who have grown up in a world of BIM, and it's like, well, the computer's accurate. Why don't we draw it that way? And and then you're trying to think, well, how's the contractor actually going to build it? And so the, all of that stuff starts to really complicate things. Well, the way you know, it's funny that you said that. You must have been reading my mind because today we were. It was somebody was asking me about what was the design intent of a particular location of a door, and um, I was looking at the drawings, and sure enough, the dimensions were off. It was it's block coursing. But it was it was showing nine foot, like that's not block coursing, right? And <clears throat> and so I started my little typical rant about block coursing and how hard is it to you know think in eight inches and and all of this other stuff. And but you know the contractor actually said, well, you know, all we really want to know is 
you know, it, is it block coursing? Should it be nine foot four? Um, and I was like, yeah, it should be nine foot four, and that'll put this door here, and you know, it doesn't really affect anything. And when you think about it, you're still going to draw in eight inches, but it's the so now what it is is that you're assuming that the eight inches comprises the nominal dimension of the block and the nominal and the dimension mortar. of the mortar joint right to comprise the eight inches and then you go from there and it just right it, you know so but that's even hard to explain to especially to like you know new kids right out of college because they're thinking about you know just drawing it this way and you try to explain to them how we need to mention it out a block layer is going to want to just say okay this room is going to be 11 in you know 11 foot 4 by 9 foot 4 that works out to being 8 inches i can lay out all my block with all my gra- you know my mortar yeah. joints and everything else boom easy it's on module yeah and uh and so i was being asked by um one of the interns well why does that matter and then you explain to them well it actually is a lot cheaper to lay a block without cutting it than cutting it. And if so, if you're saying that it's nine foot, they've got to take a block and cut four inches off of it. Now you have more labor, you know, and then it just, as like, it's this whole kind of, like, and it's not just one block, right? right? It's a right. bunch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all of them that stack up. Like, you know so, what you should have done, Cormac is just grab a block, take them out for lunch, you know, or take, take, you know, take a lunch break and go out to the back of the building and say, Here's a, here's one block. Here's your chisel. Go knock four inches off of that and tell me how hard it is. Yeah, and, and now do it know, next fifty time. times. Yeah. And yeah, now do it fifty times. <laughs> well, and then come back and then I bet you they will never dimension it at nine feet again. <laughs> well, it's 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 more trying to get them to understand that simple little things, simple little rules of thumb that we grew up with, the old traditional methods of doing, you know, showing things in the nominal thing, actually have real life cost implications when you're building in the field. So when you say, oh yeah, it shouldn't be too hard to just, you know, knock four inches off that. Well, the block layer, you know, um, I, th- I can't remember what the cost was. You know, he, he's basically saying that, you know, a brick is 50 cents a brick for labor. But so now if you have him cutting that brick, now it's 55 cents. Well, multiply that by however much you have to do and you've just escalated the cost. So it's kind of this little snowball effect of just not understanding the rule of thumb. But I okay, didn't mean well, to get off on a tangent. Yeah. It was just no, no. my little in, in coursing of, pet peeve. Of, in defense of the this this person, I mean, I, you just mentioned rule of thumb. I mean, we, we all have to learn those things, right? Right. So how do we learn it? Well, we learn it by dimensioning something. What a perfect something. opportunity. Yeah. Perfect opportunity. I mean, that's how, that's how you learn. You make a mistake, oh, that- right? Um, you made the mistake. You dimensioned it at nine feet. And in lieu of going out back and cutting four inches off a block, we're going to just, you know, here's a little tip, rule of thumb. Don't do that. And then, you know, now that person's learned, right? I mean, that's how we learn. Yeah, you know, and and we we learned a lot of these things because we maybe started off by drafting by hand, but you know the the well, someone had to teach us, right? Yeah, somebody had to teach us, so we drew it wrong, but we just drew it by hand, and it wasn't quite as accurate. All you had to do was go in and 
and change the dimension and nothing else actually moved, right? I mean, how many times, I don't know how many times you guys did this. I'll ask the question. Have you gone in and, okay, well, something is not drawn quite right, but uh, you just, you know, change the dimension uh, a few inches one way or the other. You don't redraw the plan, but in CAD, you're stuck that way. It's like, well, you know, I mean, you can. You can go in and modify a dimension, but and, and not affect all the other walls and such, you know. And then, and well, then if you do in, that, somebody will scold you yes, because but you shouldn't. Revit, you can't. You can't anymore. They you can't. No, you cannot. Well, force, no, because you can't force if a dimension. You do anymore. that. You're actually going to move the wall. Yep. yep. <laughs> You've got to draw it right. And what that's actually one thing I really like about Revit is it actually says no cheating. Right. No cheating. I like that. No exploding of dimensions, huh? Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. But you, you can tell who's the. But Revit you can most, still draw you know, a wall at nine foot, foot here. you know, and five. You could still tw- put it in the wrong place. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It could still be drawn at like five sixteenths. You know, but that's when your <laughs> QA like, has to catch that. Yeah, but okay. So this is this is cool because what this really comes down to is kind of the the old saying, right? Which was when you drew by hand. Every line that went on the paper had a meant something, exactly. right? It had a purpose, and and so now I I think I okay. So there, I I kind of feel two ways about this, which is the the first thing is yeah, when you're drawing by hand, you you are there is a process. It's not like you draw one line and then you copy 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 the line, right? You draw one line and then you draw another line and you think about where the next one's going and where does it start, where does it end. And what I really love about sketching is at its loosest form, when you kind of just trace over the same shape four or five or six or seven or eight times, because you're just kind of burning it into the paper. You know what I mean? Right. It's real loose and and you're just, it's not perfect in any way. And every time you draw over it, you're kind of tracing over it. I'm kind of, I'm doing it here on the table right now. I'm just thinking like, you're just trying to get it some certain shape until it feels right. Right, right. And it gets thicker and messier and heavier, and and pretty soon you're you're smearing the ink on the page with the palm of your hand. But that's part of it. When you're drawing on the computer and you draw a line, and then you do multi copy, right? Boom, 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 and they're all the same weight, and they're all the same length, and they're all perfectly precise. But they don't mean a whole lot. And and to me, that's kind of where when people are sketching, in my air quotes on the computer, that's where it starts to lose something. And you don't get that slow um, that slow process where you are thinking as you're actually drawing the line of, of what it means. And I, that's one thing that I, I think is so important to get across when you're actually sketching. There's a guy that I know who's a lighting designer. And he comes into our office every once in a while. He's a rep. And... Every time he sits down at a, at a table with you, he pulls out a stack of eight and a half by 11 paper and he pulls out a pen and he pulls out his lead holder <laughs> and he just places it in front of him. And as soon as you start talking to him, he starts drawing things, right? He, he starts drawing a person in perspective and he draws the room and okay, what if, what if we do this? And he pulls out a yellow pencil and he, he just kind of quickly, okay, this is what the direction the light's going. And I love talking to him because I love watching that. And I think I'm, I'm like that with my wife. I said, you know, I try to explain something to her and I, and I want to draw it for her. And she's like, can't you just tell me? 
<laughs> and it's like, no, that's not that's not how I communicate. I communicate through pictures. Right. Right. And I and I find a lot of value, personal value in that. I think that like that's who I am. And I and I really love that part of the training and the architecture and the career that I have is that I get to communicate like that. Like to me, it's a privilege. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say that cause I'm sitting there sketching right now on a post-it note with a lead holder. Yeah. Red pen there. And you get to feel oh, yeah. right. You get to feel what the tip of that instrument is against the paper that you're using. And it's different if you're using a moleskin notebook versus a piece of trace versus just a normal eight and a half by 11 piece of Xerox paper, depending on the pen or the pencil you're using. And I, I kind of like that aspect of it too. That's like the real analog part of it to me that I really like. Like there's certain pens I like and there's certain pens I hate using, you know? Well, there's, I, a- I just love that part of the, the artfulness of it. Well, you, you're, you know, as you're talking, I was um, reading, uh, and, I, and I posted a, a link, and, w- and we'll post it onto the uh, webpage, because I think this is uh, going to be a series that I think I'm going to enjoy following, because I enjoy the work of this particular architecture firm, McT- uh, McAlpine Takersley, out of uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Just absolute beautiful work these guys do, but they... the drawings that come out of their office from the sketches of the initial concepts all the way through are just these, this beautiful craft. And, um, so they're starting a a new blog series and it's, uh, let's see, it's, uh, basically titled, um, drawing to a conclusion, the art of architecture, uh, part one. And he's, he's particularly talking about exactly what we're talking about now, the craft of, of sketching. But if I can, if you guys can bear with me a second, let me read this. Most architecture firms utilize the computer as their main means of composing drawings that will eventually translate into a building. If you visit a given architecture school nowadays, you'd be hard-pressed to find a parallel bar or a triangle, once the base of tools of our trade. Drawing and practice of architecture, drawing in the practice of architecture, is quickly becoming a lost art. In the technological process happening in our profession, I'm afraid what's subsequently uh, slipping away is the actual art of architecture. And and you just said you, know, you you basically just said the exact same thing, where what we're losing by sketching in the computer or trying to be too precise and trying to get a finished product too quickly is the actual art of not just in the sketching and the actual production of things, but it's the art of, you know, analog problem solving. It's the art of, um, being able to have kind of a, a personal interaction. You know, there's, there's all of these other things that come out of the sketch that are beyond just, you know, the, the product of the sketch. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's everything else. And, and you were the, when you were talking about, um, you know, this guy who comes into your office and pulls out a sketchbook and starts, you know, sketching and talking and all that other stuff. I mean, think of, you know, you just said, you know, how much you enjoy those conversations. That right there alone is just this brilliant bit of, of um, artistry of 
the art of communication, the art of the conversation, the art of engaging the client, you know, all these different things that are, are part of just a simple act of sketching that we don't really get when you're just like, hold on a minute, let me get out my computer and click, 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 click. You know, it's just like, wait, 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 hold on. I, I, I think I got your idea. Wait, click, yeah. click, click. You know, it's just like, <laughs> really, that's not a conversation. That's a, you know, th- that's something completely different. Well, something that that is is really interesting to me about that whole process is that you've you've got a set of tools in your hand that you it that there's something about simplifying that communication process that makes it so much more approachable. How many times have I don't know if this happens in your office or not, but you know where there is CAD work that happens or there is 3D modeling that happens. I mean, look at the popularity of SketchUp. Why oh, is SketchUp oh God, so yes. popular? Right? Because it kind of looks analog, right? Right. I mean, you turn on edge extensions and you turn on <laughs> jitter and you turn on endpoints and yes. and these are all analog. They're all they're all digital representations of analog technique. And to me, it, what's funny is that, you know, digital has gotten to the point where we have non-photorealistic rendering applications now. You know, if you're, if you're using Artlantis, or you, there, there are several rendering programs out there that have kind of post-processing techniques that turn it into watercolor or turn it into um, colored pencil. Or we've got Photoshop filters to go ahead and do that kind of thing. I think that I mean, that says right there, I mean, number one, you could say, okay, that's pretty freaking hilarious, right? That that we go to the the length of modeling all this stuff. But, you know, I mean, obviously there are shortcuts, right? right. When you want to get shadows and you want to get people and you want to get cars in your scene, like digital's the way to go. But then to turn it back into analog, right? I think that's kind of the funny part. That That's the ironic part of it. Well, so why do you think... Um people want that i mean we 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 would it's approachable number well and it's what i said earlier it doesn't feel like it's done and i think that's that's a huge part of actually doing things by hand and there's so many times where i will present something to a client i will present it in black and white because i don't want them to latch onto a color that i've used right because everybody has their favorite color right and and I know the person I'm going to present it to, there's a 50-50 chance that they hate orange. <laughs> so I'm not going to show them the model that I've done where I've thrown the thing in there that's in orange because to me it just means something. I don't know what it means yet, and I don't know what it's made out of yet. But, I, but there's a 50-50 chance that they hate orange. So I can't show them in orange because I want them to look at form. Right. I don't want them to look at, or I want them to look at the solution to the problem. I don't want them to look at what it, you know, what color it is yet. Um, there's a lot of things that we do to disguise kind of how far we've got. We want to bring it back a couple of notches so that, so that we can actually talk about it. And so it doesn't feel finished. And I guess that's what I'm trying to get to is that there's a lot of times where when we just draw something by hand, it doesn't feel finished yet. And when you're working with a client, that's a big deal to make them a part of the process and to work it out right there with them. And there's a huge value in that. Well, then there's also the, you know, it feels warmer and a little bit more comfortable. Um, yep. Because we used to have, well, back when I was, uh, you know, in solo practice, 
I had a friend who uh, we went to school with, and he does beautiful architectural renderings. And we would basically draft it up in SketchUp or something, send him a SketchUp model. He would basically get a view that, you know, he thought would really capture the, you know, what we were trying to achieve in the building. And then he would send it back to us and say, well, you know, do you like this view? And then he would take that view and print it out. He'd hand sketch over the top of it. Yeah, of course. You know, all the entourage and everything else. And then ultimately what would come back to us is a real, you know, hand-drawn, hand-sketch, hand-water-paint, watercolored, watercolor rendering. Yeah. And it got to the point where we were using them so much that they're, you know, that our clients would say, you know, hey, can we use this in our marketing material? You know, and this is when we were doing a lot more um, of the, you know, T&D, the traditional neighborhood design work and new urbanist stuff, that they liked the more traditional kind of old school feel of the artistry and felt like that was kind of in keeping with what the kind of values that they were selling and would use it in their marketing. And yeah. And, but if you look at it, it was just so beautiful because it, it, you know, it just, it lets you idealize this, you know, this wonderful place that you could live in, you know? Well, it lets your mind kind of fill in the blanks, right? Exactly. Yeah. There, there's definitely something to be said about not having it all detailed out, figured out. That is really compelling for people because they get to use their imagination a little bit. It's, it's more fun for them. It's more engaging for the audience on some levels to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, something we haven't taught, we touched on a little bit with presentation uh, that you were just mentioning, but you know, how does, how does having the ability to create these watercolor effects and, and you can argue whether or not they're just as good or, I mean, I think probably with the, with the right talented person, they could probably create something in Photoshop or some other tool that would look pretty much the same as if somebody did it by hand. I mean, um, so throwing that side of the argument out, um, you know, can we, um, you know, is it just as good or can we explore more options? You know, because, you know, one of the things, um, and this this is now commonplace uh, today, I guess, but you know, wasn't quite so commonplace when I was in school is when we were first using um, uh, Archicad um, to create, you know, literally dozens of different views. So like you said, Cormac, you know, today, I guess you'd do something like that in that program or like SketchUp or something and, uh, you know, create all these different views and then pick one. But, you know, to have the ability to just... um, a click of a button here that's oversimplification but you know to add these different uh textured effects or these different wall line effects um to create these and filters so um, to create these watercolor effects and things um does it give us the ability to do that portion of the work faster now granted there is you know the old school you know graphic rendering person i know one of the first offices big offices i worked in you know had a dedicated team of graphics people and they you know did watercolors pens and inks and all that fun stuff and um it was very time consuming and i think it's probably today you know quite a bit faster it may not be as good you know but i mean it's just the 
technology is changing that portion of our business and it's changing, you know, um, as something like what we were talking about earlier is, is that changing? Are we losing that ability to sketch as in the same way that we've probably completely have lost all of the presentation type skills to the computer now? I mean, I don't know a lot of firms that would do presentations by hand, uh, and color it all by hand. I mean, maybe in your case, Cormac, you know, those were more one-offs that you were doing that became, you know, more consistent, but, um, I don't know. I'm kind of starting to go off here, but you know, just, um, is that also happening now to CAD work as well? I mean, to, to generating the drawings or, you know, I mean, we're all talking about losing the, the ability to sketch, uh, and, and maybe we are, but you know, we also lost a lot of the hand presentation skills as well. And, you know, has that, you know, what has that done to the industry? Well, you threw a lot out there and, and I'm and sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and, and all, all great points of, of things that we should probably talk about and address, but I'll, I'll say, and this is, you know, personally speaking that this is what I do and this is what not everybody in our office does, but me for damn sure will do everything that is presented in the SD process. And when we're doing schematic design process, when we're getting all those concepts out there and all that other stuff, everything that we present to the owner is hand-drawn. Because there's really no point because it's going to change so many times that why would we spend a lot of time, you know, a lot of time committing things to the computer when we can just crank it out by hand. And we can crank out tons of it. Um, you know, I wanted to, you know, kind of bring up that Evan had po- posted a photograph of his desk and the only thing that my eye was drawn to other than the fact that it was awfully clean um, <laughs> I didn't zoom out enough <laughs> was the fact that he had you know several sheets of trace with, and then he was you know doing some programming and it was all loose and it was bubbled you know bubble drawings of adjacencies and things like that and, you know, until you really work that out with the client and, you know, have them, especially in, you know, like what we're doing with schools and stuff, you know, until you really get all of that stuff laid out, I personally don't feel there's a need to commit so much time in the computer. And so we don't. Um, you know, my team always, we always do it by hand. I'm, I, I'm kind of like the quick draw, so I will... <laughs> I love doing the drawing, so I'll draw and I'll, you know, pull out my chart pat markers and, you know, draw and get a little high while I'm drawing them because that <laughs> stuff is whew, pungent markers. Yeah. But, um, you know, and it, it's the same thing for, you know, conceptual renderings, um, conceptual elevations. I mean, we do all of that. And we'll scan them and we'll put text on there and, you know, maybe we'll, uh, you know, arrange it with the title block and all of that other stuff or, you know, just get it to the standard graphics. But everything that we put on the board will be hand-drawn and we'll print it out. And I've gone to presentations to the Board of Education, to historic commissions, all by hand. And they love it because, you know, they it, it feels like we're really trying to, 
you know, connect and listen. And, and the great thing about it is, is that then you can pull the board down during the, um, you know, after you've presented everything and they're like, well, you know, let's change this. And you pull the board down and you start, ske- you know, pull out your trace and start sketching over the top of it while you're at the meeting. And you can basically create another drawing that looks just like what you just presented to them. Yeah. And I I love doing it that way. It, it may well. There's something to be said about doing it with them. Yeah, because instead of go, taking it back, you know, I think this is a problem that is inherently, um, you know, it has to do with our profession where we will we will listen and we will work with a client, but then we go away mm-hmm. and we work in our secret laboratories. Yes. And then we come back with the solution or with with three options, right? Which right. drives me freaking crazy, oh. right? But it's like, but but here here you are with the answer in again the magic air quotes, and it and what you're talking about adds so much value to the relationship, which adds so much value to the project because now there is ownership from all sides because they're sitting at the table at the same time. There is like like this is something you're going to be able to tell a story about later, which is going to make it even better because you did it with them right. instead right. of for them, and there was there's you're taking the mystery out of it, and that is huge for people to actually get kind of um, just emotionally involved in the project, right? Right? Because if you don't, if you do it in in the secret lab. And you come back with the answer, like there's no emotion to that. Like you just checked off a series of boxes to, as far as they're concerned, right? Yep, answer here it is. Um, it it hits this program. Yep, check. Um, it's probably in the budget. Check. Instead of working through it with them and then saying, well, what do you think about this and what do you think about that? Well, let's work that other idea into here that you had. And I think that there's so much value to that. And architects have have for the most part, I th- you know, our our profession has failed. Because we we do we do work in the secret lab, right? And th- and it's just it pisses me off because there's so many people out there that love seeing behind the curtain, and I mean that's why one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast. Exactly. Well, well, well Cormac, I want to, I want to, you know, this may not be true in every case, but let, let me just throw this out there: is that don't you think that? I mean, you said you do all these presentations by hand. And and certainly they're going to change. And at some point in time, you commit to putting it into the computer. Yeah. And most likely, it changes again. And it continues to change. And so, I guess, you know... There's would nothing it hurt, different there. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, would it hurt to get some of that into the computer sooner so that, you know, the changes maybe, you know, get a little easier to make? Or when you're drawing... Because I know one thing... That happens, you know, when I because I do something very similar to what you're talking about, as far as you know, presenting to clients and things. I'll draw by hand and then scan it and add some text to it and then print it back out. And you know, one of the frustrating things though is that when I have to do it again and maybe make some minor changes to it, and it's like, wait a minute, I'm just I'm drawing this whole damn thing over again. You know, or or if I can, I can draw a piece of it and then try in Photoshop to kind of merge the two together, so I don't have to completely redraw everything again. And it just seems to me like I'm I'm, you know, 
I'm wasting my time doing that where if I already had it there in the computer and I just modify it or a piece of it and then and then I'm not redrawing it again. Everything's already set up. I don't even have to add the text again. You know, I change the date and spit it back out. Well, but see, you know? that that I think is an approach for time saving. Yeah. And in in the way that I'm approaching it is I don't mind redrawing the whole entire thing because sometimes I'll see something that I either missed. It's like, oops, I forgot a program space or um, I see a better way to, you know, basically interact maybe between like a new addition and the existing building and how I can modify a few things or, you know, I'm sketching to say, you know, maybe it's better to put the corridor here than here, you know, and those kind of things. And it just lets me go through that whole process. I mean, um, I can't, I guess, Evan, you were talking about, you know, the, the, I guess, professor that was talking about everything could be found in, you know, the role of trace. The answers in there. Yeah. And I had a professor very similar who said, if you don't go through at least one or two roles of trace, in your pro- in the project that you're doing, and you, you're not cutting like plan section elevation all at the same time, and just going back and forth and everything else, you're really doing yourself. Of, you know, you're really not thinking through the project enough to give yourself. You know, to be fully informed of how all of the different spaces interrelate with each other. You know. Yeah, I think Neil, when you were saying what what you just stated, I I was thinking I don't mind redrawing it because every time I redraw it, I learn something new. Yeah. Yes. About it, and well, and I do I I understand what you're saying about about it, but I I I guess one of the one of the things that I see that's wrong with architecture is that it it's trying too hard to be like the other professions where it's all about time spent it's not about working through the problem anymore it's about how fast can i do this right and well, i i think but, that's but, another topic for another time maybe sure, but 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 evan you know i guess you, that's great and i agree with you i mean i discover things uh when i'm redrawing it as well maybe oh I, something i hadn't thought of like you said cormac but at the same time that's that's great but the realities are, and we talked about, you know, there, there's a deadline, and it's like, wow, okay, well, if I had part of this already drawn and I didn't have to redraw it again, I'd be going to bed at 10 o'clock instead of, you know, 2 a.m. because I'm having to redraw stuff that maybe, you know, I shouldn't have to be redrawing. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, even in my process, I'll reuse a plan and just kind of, you know. Mm-hmm merge them together in Photoshop and clean it up and, you know, fix that little area because, you know, for those particular time-saving steps when I'm just really working on the final product of presentation, but when, and and I think we're all in agreement that when we're going through the actual process of discovery that, you know, we'll just keep cranking through, you know, drawing after drawing after drawing and, really trying to get all of that stuff out of us, you know, kind of, you know, ooh, let's try a different idea kind of thing. But, no, I mean, I I think we all have our own specific time-saving steps of how to get it presented, 
you know how yeah. how to create those final graphic type things and yeah I, I don't i didn't mean that you know i'll you know oops i just realized that i forgot two doors i'm going to redraw the whole entire thing <laughs> no right I no, won't. no i i agree i i know i'm just i'm just trying to explore different avenues of you know where, when it's appropriate when it's not appropriate uh and it, it you know obviously it comes down to per project or or per uh, office standard or whatever. I mean, um, there's no right or wrong answers here. I'm just trying to explore, you know, when well, when is a good time to move from paper to pencil and back again, you know, because as I said earlier, I mean, there's yeah. I've got something in the computer and, you know, I, I spit it out and I sketch over it. I so do I that think all the time too. There's back and forth here. Yeah, and right? I, I agree. I think, but what it really comes down to, what I'm hearing is that, You've got to understand, number one, your abilities, and number two, what you can do with this stuff. Because I think, you know, like Cormac's saying, I'm not going to redraw the plan. You know, I mean, whiteout has been made for a reason. (laughs) You're not going to draw the whole thing over again. You're going to white out that little piece, and you're going to just sketch over the top of it. Or that's what Photoshop's for, or that's what, you know, there's so many ways to accomplish the job. And it usually doesn't mean starting over again. It means building on top of the the foundation that you've already created. Um, and and I think you know the the better we we all can get at all of these tools, the 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 better we're going to be at at all of the the ways we can approach solving the problem, which is really what it's about. It's not about doing it the fastest. It's not about doing it the prettiest. Um, you know, sometimes it's about doing it the fastest. Sometimes it's about doing it the prettiest. Sometimes it's about doing it analog. Sometimes it's about doing it digital. And, and you, again, you, you might figure out that your client likes something better. And so you've got to work that way. Um, That's true. These are all yeah. things that we have to deal with. And so I think, I guess one of the main issues that we're talking about tonight is that You've got to get good at doing things a lot of different ways so that you can choose when the time is right to use a certain way over another. Absolutely. Because, you know, I was just thinking the same thing. It's like all of these things that we're talking about, it, it doesn't mean that we have to be, you know, exclusive analog, exclusive digital. You're right. It's just different things in our toolbox. And right. master all those different tools, and you're right. Oh, find the appropriate way of you know using each of these tools to make yourself efficient. And it goes back to what you were saying, Neil. Is you know making yourself efficient. The only way you do that is the mastery of all of these different techniques and tools that you have. Because I don't necessarily consider Revit, AutoCAD, Photoshop, whatever. I don't consider them any different than my pencil. It's just it's a different kind of pencil. It's just yeah. a tool. And how right. do I master that tool and how do I use that tool to my advantage? But it all stems from knowing how to use the pencil first. Yeah, that's a good point. Sounds like the perfect way to end this podcast. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. All right, so and that's uh, in that case, uh, if you have any questions or comments, please visit our website at arcaspeakpodcast.com. Um, and you can communicate with us on our individual Twitter accounts, which are listed on the website. And um, you can, uh, we encourage people to post links 
to Twitter and on our Facebook page. And if you could uh, leave us a message, we're still looking for that first person who's daring enough to leave us a message for a topic idea or just to say hi. That number is 415-484-8496. And also, if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. All right, guys. Till next time. All right. We'll see you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.